0: Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today, Wednesday morning podcast. It's the 13th of December, 2023. I'm Andy Bank, the Hat Podcast, brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust experience banking built on heart grit and agriculture visit ffbt.com to learn more or stop by your local branch and talk about your ag operation eric pfeiffer and cj miller have the news today including whether mexican political changes could alter their position on US GMO corn and getting tough on weeds. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has sun and a warm-up starting tomorrow. And the Tuesday soybean and grain markets did a turnaround. We have Arlen Suderman analysis coming up on the Hat Wednesday podcast.
1: At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender.
2: From seed, grain, and feed companies to crop protection, farm implements, and technology, agribusiness is all around us here in Indiana. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. At ACI, our sole focus is on the needs of our members. We advocate, educate, inform, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to become a member. That's inagribiz.org, the Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Can U.S. corn farmers wait it out and getting tough on weeds this coming season? I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. The current administration in Mexico continues to stick by its plan to ban imports of U.S. genetically modified corn beginning January 1st of 2024. That's the policy of the current Mexican administration. However... On
3: September 30th, that administration uh, leaves office.
2: And that could change things. Maybe. that According to Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack... He told reporters over the weekend there is no scientifically based reason for Mexico to ban genetically modified corn and the trade ought to be based on science. And on that score,
3: the two candidates for president, uh, the leading candidate is a scientist. My hope and belief is that as a result of a new administration, they will take a look at the science, take a look at the fact that they are reliant uh, on the U.S. for yellow corn and that the relationship with the U.S. is important.
2: Vilsack said he made that point again when he met with his Mexican counterpart during the just-concluded U.N. climate conference in Dubai. For former USDA Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs Ted McKinney, this is about science and math. He told Hoosierag Today earlier this year that it's perplexing why Mexico's president has taken his people this far in that direction.
3: There's just no turning away from sourcing a product like we have, particularly yellow corn. And if they want to start transitioning to non-GM, okay, let's get the signals to do that, and we'll happily do that. But then it's so, so expensive for his people, so he's got to redo his calculus, to be very honest. The issue could
2: ultimately be decided by a USMCA dispute panel in early 2024. The U.S. recently lost a case that went before a dispute panel against Canada, and their dairy practices.
0: Selling Indiana soybeans on the export market is one thing. Getting those soybeans to those export markets is quite another. Hoosier Ag Today's Eric Pfeiffer will be traveling with a group of Indiana soybean farmers to the Panama Canal for a first-hand look at the issues facing export shipments of soybeans around the world. Listen for his on-location reports made possible by the Indiana Soybean Checkoff exclusively from Hoosier Ag Today.
2: Weeds are a growing problem. Get it? No, you need to get tough on weeds in 2024. C.J. Miller has more on that. Tough. Is the name of the corn
1: herbicide. In fact, tough. 5 EC is the product available to eliminate some of the toughest weeds that impact corn yields, including palmer amaranth, water hemp,
3: giant ragweed, and other broadleaf weeds. It reduces the plant's ability to defend itself and it gives you a complete kill and a speed to kill. And that's
1: Tom Wood, president and general manager of Belsham Crop Protection, the maker of Tough 5 EC corn herbicide.
3: It gets all those weeds, and we have a lot of data that we've tested this product across the corn belt, uh, so we know it works, and uh, we know it works consistently to get these types of weeds.
1: He says the drought conditions we've seen across most of Indiana these past two growing seasons cause many of those weeds to take away much of the valuable moisture out of the soil.
3: But when you're looking at drought and things like that, the weeds get tougher because they want to defend themselves also. And adding another mode of action, to take care of particularly resistant weeds is important. And Tough has no known resistance and works very well with your HPPD chemistries. Atrazine only makes it better.
1: Wood adds that when it comes to return on your investment, Tough 5 EC more than pays for itself.
3: If you think about using Tough, a lot of people might think, well, I already have a program and now I'm going to add another 10 to $12 an acre. How can I fit that into my budget? And we have done the math. Say you get an average yield of 170 bushels per acre. This puts another $50 an acre or thereabouts back into your pocket. So if you're spending $10 to $12 to put it on your your acres and you get $50 back, that's a good return on investment. I'd take it any day.
1: Read more about Tough 5 EC from Belsham Crop Protection on the new Hoosier Ag Today mobile app, a free download for iPhone and
2: Android. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at FCMA.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit, Bit America's an equal opportunity lender.
4: I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act today's Indiana Farm forecast. Nearby here, pretty decent overall. Dry for today, still a bit on the chilly side for your Wednesday. But high pressure is on top of us. Decent sunshine is coming through that makes it feel better. Temperatures are going to start to moderate tomorrow so your Thursday and Friday period doesn't look too shabby here. Temperatures by the end of the week are going to be above normal. Saturday looks pretty good as well with a lot of sunshine but clouds will be increasing late. Here's the reason why. Over the next few days we're seeing a system kind of slowly meander through the southern plains. Texas, Oklahoma at one point moisture gets all the way up into southern Nebraska and then pulls back. This system is going to kind of fall apart yet move east late week Friday into Saturday Uh, right about the same time there is a cold front that wants to come out of the upper Midwest out of Minnesota Wisconsin and work its way down towards us it's going to tap into the remaining part of that other weather system and I think it's going to give a little bit of moisture that wants to move across uh, the boot heel of Missouri southern Illinois and I think it can move into southern Indiana or basically right up the Ohio River Valley so for the Sunday morning To midday time frame, I think we have to keep the door open to some rain showers. I won't even rule out sloppy, wet snowflakes depending on how temperatures react. There is a cold front coming through, so cooler temperatures will be here. But with the bulk of the moisture coming through the daylight hours on a Sunday, I'm more in the rain camp than anything else. And once again, this is a southern Indiana event north of I-70. I don't even think we see many clouds, probably just a few. But the cold temperatures that are in behind that front stick around for Monday and into early Tuesday of next week. By next Wednesday, the 20th, we're starting to see temperatures moderate quite a bit, and we're looking at well above normal temperatures for the finish of next week. And in my opinion, this goes right on through the Christmas holiday weekend and Christmas Day. We're Looking at some models and some maps out there, we could be anywhere from 10 to 15 degrees above normal on temperatures all the way through the 26th or 27th of December. This is an impressive warming surge that's coming. So at this point, your Christmas holiday looks mild, it looks dry, and your chances at a white Christmas are darn close to zero in my book right now. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin.
0: Corn and wheat work the high side, beans sell off. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Farm Market Review. And I'll have settlements momentarily. First, market analysis. I grabbed that at the end of the trading day from Arlen Suderman at StoneX. Arlen, a turnaround Tuesday of sorts with higher beans on Monday going lower on Tuesday. And the grains, corn and wheat, rebounding from Monday losses. Let's start in soybeans and the South American weather picture and why it was time maybe for some uh, buying to stop coming in.
5: On soybeans, we really don't have any evidence to suggest that we need to ration U.S. supplies with higher prices. So there is a topside to this market right now until unless that evidence develops. But there's also some support underneath this market in that the risks are still there. And there's a lot of unknowns about it. And frankly, the forecast doesn't look very favorable for center-west Brazil over the next couple of weeks. So in the meantime, we're kind of setting up a sideways trading range. And over time, that trading range is kind of converging and getting tighter. Uh, but it still allows some pretty good moves within that range, and today happened to be the, for the, the to the downside for beans. Part of it also, I think, is we saw some significant pressure on soil oil prices as crude oil prices really plummeted hard, uh, reaching new five-month lows today.
0: And on the flip side, the grains up corn really hasn't gotten much traction one direction or the other, but a very strong Tuesday in wheat futures. Why is that?
5: Yeah, it's the same opposite reason of why we went down the previous day. It's it's one of those things where it's hard to justify a move of this size, but the algos are really playing this market. A sharp decline in prices yesterday, because frankly, we'd gotten to the point where some of the Chinese buying had pulled back. Prices had rallied enough, China's very price sensitive, and it's kind of like, ah, no, I think we're done at this price. And so the market fell down because, frankly, we're not very competitive outside of that. Um, And the market needed to go down to find some more business. And the momentum trading algos really amplified that move and took it down hard, probably harder than what it needed to. And so recognizing that, the selling interest was very low this morning, and we couldn't take out the previous day's low. Once we couldn't take out the previous day's low with the idea that maybe the longer-term bottom is behind us, we saw some end-user buying coming back in again, perhaps some Chinese sniffing around other end-users as well. And as we turned higher, the algos uh, really came back in strong once again to take it the other direction. But neither could we take out the previous day's high. So we're establishing a new trading range here for now. Corn really caught between soybeans and wheat, really not doing anything, establishing an ever-increasingly narrowing trading range right now while it kind of waits for some direction.
0: As we look at corn and soybeans, support and resistance levels, anything of note that you would want to touch on there that we should be looking for?
5: Well, as we see soybeans, we uh, what i'm watching now is what can we do with the november 29 highs for the uh january contract it was at about 1352 we've got a 100-day moving average at about 1341 and we struggled above that today just not enough evidence to go higher but i certainly would want to make sure that we hold uh, the recent low on December 7th, which was at 1292. And right now that's kind of the ends of the trading range that I'm watching to see which way this is going to break. On the corn side, we're watching that March contract to see uh, can it can it actually get above the, the 50-day moving average. That's been a lid for this market over the last couple of months. That's currently at about 493 on the high side. And on the low side, we have to look at that recent low of four seventy. Can we take out that low? Do we take out that low? For now, this is a market just chopping sideways as long as wheat holds its recent lows. Uh corn will likely do the same.
0: Arlen Suderman, Stonex and Stonex.com. On the Hat Tuesday, market review up in the corn market just a little. March contract 485 and a quarter, three and three quarters higher, and up three and a quarter on the May at four ninety-seven and a quarter beans on the defensive January 12 and a quarter lower 1323 and 3 quarters. March a dime and a half down at 1342 and 3 quarters and March wheat finishes a solid 16 cents higher six twenty-five and a half. and a half. Meats also higher. February live cattle, 168.60, up 70. And February lean hogs, 68.25, up 92. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm
5: radio network.